Using an overpriced trash bag. Pricey, pricey, pricey. A bag that breaks. Whippy, whippy, whippy. Or a smelly bag. Stinky, stinky, stinky. Time to switch to hefty, ultra strong trash bags. Always at an ultra low price. Hefty, hefty, hefty. There are best bags yet, and they cost less than Glad Force Flex were sold head to head. So you'll be happy, happy, happy. Hefty, ultra strong with Arm and Hammer odor control. Available at Sam's Club. Hefty, hefty, hefty. Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome. You're listening to The Change Agent's Dilemma for Tuesday, March 22nd, 2011 on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Heather Stagel, coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia, as I do once every month. This show is one of the many ways I help equip individuals to lead organizational change at Enclaria LLC. Now, if you're a long-time listener, and uh, you might be thinking to yourself, it seems like it's been a while, Heather. Where have you been? And I just want to let you know it's true. It's been about three months. I went on hiatus here on the radio show. Um, so you haven't been missing up any episodes, um, and the last one was in December. So I just wanted to make sure you knew what, that, what was going on there. Um, and I'm also changing the schedule. It used to be every two weeks. Um, with the way that uh, work is going, it's that's becoming too much, but I want to make sure I keep doing the show because I'm getting such great feedback about it. So I'm taking it back to once a month. So at least once a month you'll hear from me or from me and a guest um, on Enclaria Radio. So the change agent's dilemma is how to influence change without authority. And the topic I'd like to talk about today is everyday influence. What are the things that you do every day in order to either build your influence or things that you do to influence people on a daily basis in order to make change happen in your organization? And I'm going to pull these straight from my new book, uh, which you may have heard about. I've got a new book out called 99 Ways to Influence Change. And the background of how this book came about, it actually started as just a challenge to myself to see how many ways I can come up with to influence change. I had just uh, finished reading a number of books about influence. Uh, some examples are Switch by the Heath Brothers, Influencer, um, also uh, Influence the Psychology of Persuasion, and a bunch of different books on on how to influence change in, in different environments, and whether you're talking about influencing change in organizations, influencing specific behavior changes, and I noticed that some of these books were saying the same things, and some of them were saying different things. And so I just wanted to see, well, how many can I come up with if I make a list starting with those books? And then, and with those, I came up with about 30. And I started thinking, well, I know that there's more out there because I've used more myself, uh, things that aren't necessarily in books but things that we use every day in order to influence change. And so I just challenged myself to see how many I could come up with and decided to stop at 99. And I actually, since reading the book, came up with a few more that <laughs> that I missed. Um, but that just means there might be a sequel. Who knows? Um, anyway, I started challenging myself to come up with this list. And then I initially started thinking, well, I'll just put this as a, a something that I regularly do on Twitter, um, just a, a quick snippet of how to, a way to influence change. And I started thinking, well, some of these need an explanation. So I thought, well, I'll blog about these. Well, partway through blogging about each one every day, I realized, well, I'm writing a book here. And so I compiled all all the ways into a book, you know, went through and made edits and added some stories and, and um, made sure that it all fit more into a book style. And lo and behold, I have a book. 
So, again, it's called 99 Ways to Influence Change. I'm really excited about it. Uh, I think it's a great resource for people who are implementing change in their organizations. And uh, so I'm going to talk, uh, give you some examples of what's in there and uh, tell you more about it. So the book is meant to provide options for to use in different situations. Um, some of the some of the ways to influence change are things you should do all the time, which I'm going to talk about today. Some of them are more situational, and some you should hardly ever use. Uh, but there are things that are out there that that you can if you need to. And so, um, again, today I'd like to talk about the things that you do every day to influence to build your influence, so you can make an impact at work. So the first one I want to talk about is actually the simplest one, and it was the crowd favorite when I did uh, tweet this on Twitter. Uh, it was the one that was the most retweeted, the one that people shared the most with the people who followed them. And it was this simple one. Uh, number four in the book is say please. Just say please. You know, there's for one thing, when you say please, that means that you're actually asking, Right? Uh, so often we think of, well, what fancy influence method can I use in this situation? Well, have you just asked yet? <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes we, we confound our brains with what, can, what fancy thing can we use? But really all you need to do is ask the question. Never underestimate what people will do if you just ask nicely. But saying please also means that you're remembering your manners. You know, my, uh, I remember more than 10 years ago now, having a conversation with uh, my great-aunt great aunt Jenny and my great-uncle Bob uh, when I was engaged to be married. And they said, do you want to know what what the key is to having, having a long, successful marriage? To which, of course, I said yes. And they said, never stop saying please and thank you. Never stop saying please and thank you. And I thought, that is really great advice. It's just so simple because when you stop saying please and thank you, it becomes more of an expectation than a request. So just simply say please when you're asking people to do things at work. It uh, you know it removes the demanding attitude. You could say, can you send me that report? Right? You can just ask somebody, can you send me that report? And but instead, you could say, can you please send me that report? You know, it just adds a little something extra that uh, that people just appreciate when they hear the word please, and they may not even know that they appreciate it, but but it, somehow it, it makes a difference. So adding one word changes a statement from an expectation to a personal request. So that's a number one the thing to do every day, say please. The next one is number 14 in the book, which is show you care. Uh, the best way I know to gain respect as a change agent is to show that you actually care about people personally. They're more likely to go along with you, even if they don't necessarily want to do things or when t times are hard. If they feel like you have their best interests at heart, if you truly care about them as a person, people are more likely to go along with what, what you're trying to do. You know, and I'm not saying that you should pretend to care because people will that right away if you're being, uh, you know, patronizing. But you actually actually need to care what people are going through as they're going through the change. 
So have some empathy. Know what it's like to go through their shoes or put yourself in their shoes to understand what they're going through. Um, And get to know people personally. Understand how the change is affecting them. Advocate on their behalf uh, when they need something during the change. Don't just leave them sitting there um, not knowing what to do next um, or not being able to get the help they need in order to to fully go through the change. Show that you genuinely care about people as fellow human beings. And it could be something as simple as remembering their name, listening to their story. Um, just show show people that you care as a change agent. And you can definitely build your influence uh, by doing that. Number 22 in the book is tell the truth. And I I'm not just even talking about don't lie. You know, that that's uh that kind of goes without saying for me. I mean, if you uh, if you're out there lying about things that are going on, that's uh you know, that destroys your integrity. And and when people find stuff out like that, um it can just really ruin what you're trying to do. So I'm not even necessarily talking about tell the truth like don't lie. But really tell the truth as in tell it. <laughs> there are so many things that are that happen in organizations that everybody knows but nobody says, right? Uh but if change is going to start anywhere, it starts with the truth. Somebody who sees what's going on in the organization and sees how it could be better and then starts talking about it when nobody else is. You know, it doesn't help to have this mental checklist of observations and complaints and ideas that you're not sharing with anybody else. Change doesn't start until you do something about it, which usually means that you start talking about it with somebody. Now, I'm not saying that tell the truth means that you should complain about people or talk behind people's back. I mean, granted, that might be the truth, but there are some truths that should not be said. If you want your words to result in change, it only works to tell the truth constructively to someone who can do something about it. And even after the change is happening, after the truth has been said about this is what's going on in the organization, this needs to improve, and once it starts, you still need to be speaking up about the truth uh, there's new aspects of cultures that culture that needs to be uncovered. Uh, people need honest feedback. They need to be held, held accountable. Teams need facilitators that are going to say things that everyone else won't say. And so tell the truth is one of the key things you can do every day as a change agent to influence change. Number 41 is do favors. And in the book, Influence the Psychology of Persuasion, Author Robert Cialdini talks about the principle of reciprocity, that people tend to return a favor. So if you do something nice for someone, they're likely to do something nice back for you, right? Now, I'm not saying that, you know, purposely do favors so that people owe you something in return. That sounds pretty manipulative. And so I wouldn't really recommend something like that. But... It's a simple psychological principle. If you if if you have more influence with people who like you, and if you do favors for people, they're more likely to like you. Then you'll be able to gain influence with people 
for whom you do favors, right? So what does that look like? Well, it means be generous. Be generous with your time. Be generous with your knowledge, your expertise, even the power that you have in the organization. You know, if you're able to help someone by uh, using your power in the organization, by helping them do something that you know how to do but they don't know how to do, then you're sort of putting, you know, you can put check marks in the bank, right? That's a weird analogy. Anyway, (laughs) Um, but you're sort of, you're increasing your bank of influence by, by doing favors for people. Now, I'm not saying that really you want to be tallying check marks for each thing that you do so you can go back to somebody and say, oh, remember when I did this for you? Now you owe me. Uh, Again, I don't recommend that. I I think more, I'm talking more along the lines of being generous with uh, your time, knowledge, expertise, power, and do favors for people because it's the right thing to do and trust that your personal influence is going to grow as a result. Number 55 in the book is be consistent. Be consistent. So what happens when change is happening in an organization is that there are going to be a number of people who are watching to see for proof. They're looking for proof that this change is not actually going to happen. They're not going to jump on board until they see that, yeah, this is actually something that we're going to be doing and they're not going to change their mind or they're they're not just... Being flavor, doing flavor of the month. And so if you're a change agent, that's something that you need to watch out for is, are signs that, that, that we're looking for inconsistencies, basically. So what are some of the things that you might look for? That, or what are the things that you need to make sure are consistent in the organization? Well, there's a lot because there's a lot going on in organizations, especially during change. So things like the vision, the mission, the values, the strategy, all the things that show us the direction that we're trying to go, are those all consistent? For example, if you value, if one of the stated values is customer service, but the strategy is only talking about, well, how do we make money? then there's a disconnect there. People are going to say, well, do we really value customer services if all we care care about is making money? Not necessarily, right? Also, official communication channels. So however you're communicating change, but also all the other parts of communication that are going on in the organization, whether those are um, town hall meetings, maybe it's a newsletter, maybe it's the intranet, uh, whatever you're using to communicate, you want to make sure that all those are consistent. And not just consistent amongst each other, but consistent with things like the mission, the vision, the strategy. <laughs> um, you can see how this can become more complicated as we keep going down the list. Because things like management behavior and conversations they're having with direct reports, you want to make sure are consistent with, with the change. Policies and procedures. Uh, decisions and, and priorities. So, you know, are managers making decisions and setting priorities based on what you're saying about the change, or is it, is there a disconnect again? Things like goals and measures, accountability, incentives, and um, also training are a number of examples of things that you want to make sure are consistent across the board. Because, again, people are watching to say, 
is this really what we're going to do? Is it safe to get on board with this? Or, you know, is my boss shaking his head? No, we're not actually going to do this when everybody, when you know somebody higher up is saying we are. Um, so, as a change agent, be consistent means watching yourself for inconsistencies, but also watching the rest of the organization and what's going on for consistent inconsistencies. So you can then go back to people and say, "We need to tighten this up and and give people feedback on what they're doing that might be damaging." what you're trying to do with the change. Watch for misalignments so you can address them. Again, let's see, number 72 is be patient. Be patient. Because there's one fact I know about change, which is I can only change me. I can't change anyone else. I can't change anyone's attitudes. I can't change their habits. I can't do things for them. Right, We can only do our best to influence others and then let them take care of changing themselves. And the problem with that from a change agent perspective is that it only happens on other people's timing um, and not yours. <laughs> so the best thing that you can do sometimes is just wait for it to happen. And I know that can be arduous and uh, just frustrating. Trust me, I know it can be frustrating to just feel like, okay, I've done everything I possibly can and they're still not doing it. (laughs) So you might need to introduce an idea and give people time to warm up to it. You might need to implement a new system or process and let people figure out for themselves that it's actually going to work. And you might point it to a direction and get people to come along and and then have to allow them the time to catch up with what you're trying to do. So, again, be patient. And if you think about it, with organization change, because it can, it can be so frustrating that it happens so slowly sometimes, but if you think of the opposite, and think of what would happen if organization change was fast, I mean, we would just get whiplash from getting bashed around all the time in different directions, right? Because, okay, this leader needs to go this way today. Well, now this person wants to go this way today. And, you know, if things happen that fast, it would just be mass chaos. So let's just uh, be thankful that change actually doesn't happen that fast and that we have time to actually uh, let it grow and develop and, and happen the way that people naturally change, okay? So those are some of the things that you can do every day in order to influence change in your organization. So I'll just recap what those were. Uh, Number four in the book was say please. Number 14, show you care. Number 22, tell the truth. Number 41, do favors, be generous. Number 55, be consistent. And number 72, be patient. So after reading all those, I'm thinking to myself, well, that sounds kind of preachy. Sounds like the do-gooder kind of, um, this is what you do if you want to implement change and you have to be perfect and do all these things right. And so I'd like to share with you some more things that are in the book that aren't along those lines. 
Because some of the the best feedback I got from the book is that it's fun and that it's edgy. So I want to make sure that you understand that there are things like this, the things you should do every day uh, to maintain your integrity and and be be, um, a successful change agent. But there's also things uh, that you can use that aren't, aren't so preachy, I guess. So some of these things are things you do every day. Or not every day. These are things that you do often, all the time. And you may not even recognize that you do it, but we do it because they're effective ways to influence change. So um, number six in the book is ridicule. Ridicule, making fun of people. We do it all the time, especially with our friends and our closest teammates. It's one of the cornerstones of peer pressure is ridiculing someone because we know fundamentally that people don't want to look stupid And so if you sort of nudge them, give them a funny look, even say out loud, what? (laughs) Uh, You know, you can really point someone into the direction you want to go by just ridiculing them, making fun of them. We do it all the time. Admit it. (laughs) Another one is number 65, induce guilt. Have you ever made somebody feel guilty that they weren't helping you or that they weren't doing something? Um, I know I have, Uh, especially people that um, I work closely with, you know, friends at work, um, making them feel bad that that, uh, they're not, they haven't set that meeting yet or uh, they haven't talked to their people about something. You know, it's just something that we do that, that tends to work. And let's see, uh, number 81 is nag. Now, how many times have you emailed somebody, stopped by their office, uh, you know, given them a phone call, or, you know, just keep going after them to try to get them to, to do something for you? And it just feels like, oh, my gosh, if I ask this person one more time, <laughs> I, you know, what am I going to do? And so nagging is one way to do that because, again, that last time that you ask them, they're going to get fed up and say, all right, already, I will do it, right? So nag is another way to influence somebody uh, that we use all the time that isn't necessarily going to show itself up on a leadership in a leadership book. And another one, number 85 in the book is threaten. Now, I'm not talking about threatening somebody with bodily harm or or being uh, a big bully or anything like that, but sometimes we need to threaten people uh with what's going to happen if they don't do what we need them to do, you know? It may just be you know, if if you're not going to get on board with this, I'm going to have to go talk to your boss. You're not, you're not leaving me any choice here. Right? That's a threat. That's a warning. So just some things that uh, that you might see or that you would see if you uh, get a hold of this book. Different ways that you can influence change. So when I, uh, when I was writing the book, as I was doing the blogs and then realized this is actually a book, I started thinking about, well, how can somebody use this? And the way that I imagined it was that someone uh, someone who was implementing change in their organization uh, from wherever they were would have this on their desk. And when they were getting really frustrated because the change 
just wasn't happening the way that they wanted it to. They would reach over to this book, flip through it to get ideas for how to get unstuck. But I've actually heard of other ways that people are using the book. Uh, One example is a project manager who is using it with his project team and they're going through it and going through the key people in their organization that they need to influence and actually sort of assigning unofficially, I think. <laughs> assigning the different ways that they can influence that person or that group of people. And I've heard of someone else who's choosing one uh, one way to influence each week with their team saying, "Let's try this." see how it works and report back. How, you know, so using it as a learning opportunity for how these different ways to influence uh, can actually work for them. So if you're interested, you can find the book on Amazon.com. Again, the book is called 99 Ways to Influence Change. You can search on Amazon for either Influence Change or Heather Stagel, that's me, S-T-A-G-L, S-T-A-G-L, and uh, you will find the book with the uh, man pushing the boulder up the hill, 99 Ways to Influence Change. Okay, so I hope you will pick that up, and uh, you'll see all the all the ways that, to influence change that I talked about today and a lot more because there's 99 of them. Anyway, the next topic coming up in April um, has actually yet to be scheduled, and, and the way that I'm, I'm doing the, the radio show uh, from now into the future is going to be a little bit more, uh, it's not going to be on a regular basis necessarily uh, because I'm going to be working around the, the schedule of guests and my own schedule. Uh, but it turns out that I know that 98, more than 98% of you are not actually listening to this live as I'm talking, but actually listening to it later. So I don't think anyone will mind if I kind of jump around a little bit. Uh, but the next guest is going to be Paige Lillard, she is the Vice President of Business Excellence at Turner Broadcasting. And she's got a fascinating story of, have, of about being a change agent. She actually started as an audio engineer for TV shows at Turner. And now she is basically the leader of the whole Malcolm Baldridge effort there. And so it's just, just a fascinating story. She's going to talk about uh, her story. She's going to talk about... Uh, the skills and characteristics that she believes has got her to the point where she is, and also talk about how do you get people in the organization to want what you've got as far as change. So that's going to be a great show. Uh, In the meantime, if you would like to see how we might work together to influence change in your organization, please visit www.inclaria.com. Thank you so much for listening to The Change Agent's Dilemma. Take care and best wishes for your change initiative. Using an overpriced trash bag. Pricey, pricey, pricey. A bag that breaks. Whippy, whippy, whippy. Or a smelly bag. Stinky, stinky, stinky. Time to switch to hefty, ultra-strong trash bags. Always at an ultra-low price. They're our best bags yet, and they cost less than Glad Force Flex were sold head-to-head. So you'll be happy, happy, happy. Hefty Ultra Strong with Arm & Hammer Odor Control. Available at Sam's Club. Using an overpriced trash bag. Pricey, pricey, pricey. A bag that breaks. Whippy, whippy, whippy. Or a smelly bag. Stinky, stinky, stinky. Time to switch to hefty, ultra-strong trash bags. Always at an ultra-low price. Hefty, hefty, hefty.
There are best bags yet, and they cost less than Glad Force Flex were sold head to head. So you'll be happy, happy, happy. Hefty Ultra Strong with Arm and Hammer Odor Control. Available at Sam's Club. Hefty, hefty, hefty.